Hello, users. I'm Mimi. I'm Simrith. And I'm Nafisa. And you're listening to the second episode of Decode Podcast. Decode Podcast is a user experience design podcast that embodies the design world from undergraduate UX students' perspectives. Decode Podcast focuses on creative topics and how it affects our everyday lives. The podcast hopes to aim for distinctive designers, POV, and producing UX design conversations in fun and casual language. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. So let's get it. So in, I think it was our Design Thinking 2 class, Simra and Afisa spoke about imposter syndrome to our prof in the chat. And I was like, yo, what is imposter syndrome? I never really understood it. Um, so until now, I do. So do you guys want to explain what imposter syndrome is? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> totally. I feel like a lot of people have imposter syndrome and they don't even know it. And it's basically where although you are performing pretty well or consistently, still believe that you're not good enough or there's always somebody better than you and there's just too much competition even though you do receive like some pretty good feedback it just makes you think oh like people think this is good but I don't think it's that good you know so you make you feel like an imposter you're just kind of faking this whole good performance or maybe you just I mean basically you feel like you've tricked people into thinking you're really good when you feel like you're not that good yeah, I feel like my entire life, I'm an imposter. Like, everything I do is, I'm an imposter. Like, even yeah. when I cook for my roommates, they're like, oh, it's good. I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's yeah. all right. But. That is exactly what it is. Even, like, no matter how much, like, good feedback you receive, you always think, like, nah, they're just capping. They're just, they're yeah. <laughs> It's like when you get married it's like oh do you still like me are you sure <laughs> exactly like are you sure i'm still not a catfish <laughs> have you seen me with no eyebrows um <laughs> how about you Simrit? yeah it's like that aggressive feeling of just self-doubt and just not believing in yourself it's such a such a it's a really sucky way to live and i feel like mm-hmm. as a designer like we all feel that really really strongly especially in the pandemic everyone's just doing their best but it's really easy to fall into like a spiral of I'm not good enough everyone's better than me I could Mm -hmm. be doing better why isn't all this stuff working out and I feel like that kind of self-talk is super it 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 is super harmful to be repeatedly going over with yourself it's like a toxic relationship within yourself yeah it's like you keep manipulating your mind and keep talking down on your own on your own work when really there's professors and there's other students um, being like, no, it's good. Like, this is incredible, um, blah, blah, blah. But like in your own head, even though they said it and it gives you some validation that, oh, your work is good. It's still in the back of your head being like, oh, I could have done better or somebody else could have done better than me. It's always, yeah, always a struggle with self-doubt, especially like being as a designer, because not only do you have a team to look out for, you also have to keep the client's interests in mind and also the user's interests at mind as well. So it's definitely like a tricky, a tricky play because in my UX courses, I'm getting good grades in my opinion. Like I'm really happy with my grades. And even though I do work hard for them, it's also 
I really question if like, do the professors really think this is good work? Because there's like some stuff I submitted where it's like, it's kind of the bare minimum for me. They still give me like a mark that I'm really okay with. And I'm like, oh man, are they <laughs> sure they want to give me this mark? But me, but I am, I won't question our professors' professionalism. Like they know what they're doing. They have the experience. Honestly, it's just a vicious cycle for sure. Just having imposter syndrome, it, it's kind of tough to think that you did excel Reality is that you probably did excel, but you just never think that you did, that, oh, I could have done better. And why do people think this is good anyways when there's so much better work out there? I feel like it's, yeah. it's, definitely, it's definitely prominent within the design community. And even people like out of the industry, I mean, pretty much every single person on this planet could experience imposter syndrome. It's almost a universal phenomena that anyone from any background, any status, any job could pretty much just go through it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Especially um, because we're so early in our careers, like we're just starting out, like second years, like we're babies in the industry. And the fact that we still feel it so strongly, just comparing ourselves to people who have years of experience, like it's hard mentally because you're like, I should be up there, I should be that good. But then when you like break it down and look at it, you're like, no. We're second year students. We're just starting off. There's no reason for us to expect to be all the way up here creating like high level stuff. Like, yeah, it's hard to recognize like, we're good for where we are and that it's okay yeah. if we're not at our best because we're just starting out. Exactly. We, we are babies. Mm -hmm. We, even we look at, because we're like the official third cohort in our program. So there's two other years above us. And I even compare myself to them. Like, I know they don't have their stuff figured out, but it looks like they have their stuff figured out. Like, mm -hmm. doing internships and co-ops, and I look at their portfolios, and it's so good. And then I look at mine. I'm like, what? Like, I talk to these people, but, like, why does my portfolio look like that? And they look like they know what they're doing, uh, when in reality, I know they're probably struggling just as much as we are. But yeah, it's just the mindset we put ourselves in because we like to think we're going to work for Apple or Google or Amazon, you know, have our names out there. But it, realistically, it's a very, very small chance that we won't work for them just because of like the whole competitiveness and stuff. And like, imagine actually working for those big companies. I'm going to have uh, my imposter syndrome <laughs> fucking radar is gonna go so high because I'm like am I really good enough to <laughs> work at this big name company even if I work at a startup like what makes me so valuable to this team to hire me when I have no experience or I don't trust myself and my own work yeah it's definitely hard when you're applying those too because you could be looking at a job posting and you fit every single requirement but in the back of your head, you're just going to be like, no, it's like, I'm not good enough. Why should I apply? Mm -hmm. Or like you're reading the job requirements. You're literally hitting every point. But sometimes I'll read one or two points that I may not have. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not applying. Like <laughs> they, they want that and I don't have that. So let me not. Oh, oh my gosh. Let me just tell you, I think. The peak of my imposter syndrome was definitely first year in university. But another time where it was just elevated was, like I said, when I had that internship 
the UX related internship for a month at the company I worked for felt like I had a good reason for having imposter syndrome because first of all I did not have the foundations of UX and and you know I guess back then not a lot of people were aware what the job description or the title of a UX designer is so it wasn't really specified however you know once I got in there I just realized oh this was a bit different than what I was expecting and it was it was a pretty big company it was actually the Asus laptop marketing and design department for Middle East and and you know automatically like once I got in there I was like oh gosh did I really deserve this spot and here's the thing I mean I thought it was a lot of pressure and for the most part it wasn't even that I couldn't I wasn't capable of doing the task they were giving me it was just mostly me doubting myself like oh do I deserve it is this is this really like are my skills really worth it and you know based on that decision unfortunately like I let go of a really good you know position so in a way like imposter syndrome can be so you know really detrimental to to your health and career to the point where you just kind of let go of a really good opportunity and you know it was it was it was kind of unfortunate and sometimes I look back into it as like oh god like I wish I did stay longer or at least you know try to just tackle that but yeah the end of the day it was just you know the imposter syndrome kicking in mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I feel like with imposter syndrome there it comes with a lot of regret like you always think well me personally I think about the past a lot and I'm like even for like personal reasons I'm like oh I should have done this instead of doing that therefore I would be in a different position that I am right now like if I took these courses in high school I wouldn't have gone to college for this program I would have gotten uh gone to a different university for this degree but everybody's just going at their own pace which is absolutely fine but with this pace of life, you just kind of figure out, like, I don't even know how to explain it. You just have a lot of regret, yeah, which is okay, which comes with imposter syndrome. I think the important part is not letting it get in the way, right? Like, you still have to try and go for those opportunities, let yourself, put yourself out there, and not let mm-hmm. the, the horrible vibes and the thoughts in your head be too badly. <laughs> And honestly, that is probably the hardest part of the whole process. You know, like even even for people who think that they are not performing well or they're not out there, imposter syndrome just really limits people's opportunities and their capabilities, which is really unfortunate. And, you know, if there was just that, you know, that little, I wish there was like a magic elixir or potion that could just make that disappear, you know, like just washes all the negative vibes out and put the positive vibes back in. <laughs> like, wow, that would be great. That would be great. Honestly. No thoughts, just vibes. Just no vibes. thoughts, just vibes. A fun fact for our, our listeners, our second um, podcast name was going to be Design Vibes Podcast. Uh, and then we made our class vote, and then they chose Deco Podcast. So, shout out to our class. Yeah, I was gonna say something, but yeah, man, imposter syndrome. And 
we we are good enough you know you you matter and like whatever thing you do it matters it's just like this internal battle that you have with yourself it's a crazy crazy thing yeah and it sucks but talking about it I feel like helps normalize it and makes you feel a lot better (laughs) like when we brought it up in our design thinking class and the way like our prof was talking about it I was like damn I didn't realize that it was on like that scale of that many people feeling that like it just makes you feel more part of a community which makes it easier like there's comfort in it oh my god do you you ever have brain farts because I've been having it a lot lately (laughs) oh my god it's like I'm about to say something but I'm like uh that's that's totally understandable but yeah I I I do get like that whole community feeling like we're just a part of a community of imposters (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding that's jokes but um... (laughs) the whole world is just one big imposter game yeah we're just all we're just all imposters I mean and so what it's just a big so what am I imposter <laughs> which yeah. Is funny. yeah which is funny like I guess like one way I've been trying to combat it or at least prevent the effects of it is replacing with con man syndrome or con- <laughs> confidence <laughs> trick syndrome yeah. which which guys to my listeners I probably wouldn't recommend this as the only way I mean for everyone, different things work for different people. But this is one method that I've tried incorporating, which kind of works pretty well, I would say. Because, you know, I, I'm just like a really big fan of comedy and humor. And so I just started incorporating like, okay, so this con man syndrome, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna use it. And it's basically where I just think, so yeah, so what? Yeah, yeah I'm an imposter. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> people think I'm good. <laughs> people like my work I maybe 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 people like my mediocre skills and what about it yeah what about it <laughs> what about it I excel in that <laughs> like I'm the yeah. I'm the I'm the best con man out there I'm gonna I'm gonna trick all these people into thinking I'm so awesome confident best and I'm creating the best work out there no one can no one can be a con man like I am <laughs> Yeah, literally. Like, if you're trying to out-comment at me, like, good luck. <laughs> right? So, basically, just, just tricking my brain once again, reverse psychology, and, you know, it, it, it kind of works for me. So, like, maybe yeah. you guys could try it out and tell me how it works for you. Uh, hopefully, I do not take, I don't, I, I do not take responsibility for that. <laughs> you haven't patented the comment yeah nope nope it's, it's it's just an advice a recommendation yeah don't don't act on it if you think it's gonna mess you up do not at nafisa please do do you have any other mechanisms to combat said syndrome for me i whenever i'm like in the imposter system vibes i'm just not feeling good about myself i just do the work like I'll start like grinding on my portfolio, building new case studies. There's, I don't know if you guys know, but there's a social media called Dribble where a lot of designers mm-hmm. post their work and stuff. And I'll just like start like creating a whole bunch of illustrations, mock-ups and wireframes and post them on there. It's like to myself, I'm like, I need to prove to myself that I'm a quality designer. Yeah. And it helps because it gets me to work on my skills and I'll start using new programs, which is nice. 
but I also will just go into like a two-day grind of where I'll staying up until like 4 a.m creating this stuff because I'm just like we need to feel like we have value right now which is yeah. it's not healthiest in the long run because you can't just keep staying up to 4 a.m to prove to yourself it's more of a you have to you have to get into the mindset that you are enough and you have value to offer you do have something to say to the design community and just the world in general which I feel like is one of the hardest parts to get to as a designer or really anyone feeling imposter syndrome honestly that sudden burst of productivity i get like at 5 a.m in the morning <laughs> and that like i know i'd have to act on it right then because you know if i don't then it's gone forever <laughs> so <laughs> pretty much but i think one thing that might help is that we do have to remind ourselves that people don't see our process they don't see the process of our work it's just us that we know every tidbit and details of it that we think that we're allowed to criticize ourselves to the you know how people say that we are our own worst critic mm -hmm. which is because you know we know every every single thing we're doing down to the detail and i i'd say like that's one reason why people can build huge imposter syndrome for themselves and you know we we don't know what how other people's process go either which is why we probably just critique ourselves the hardest and I feel like that maybe if we just kind of stop and just process and you know acknowledge to ourselves that hey not everyone's progress or process is going to be the same it's just the outcome that matters and how people see or perceive your outcome even if you don't think it's the best work out there there's always going to be somebody that thinks it's much better than what they can do so I feel like Focusing on something like that kind of helps. It gives like a sense of, uh, I guess, a bit of stability. Just reminding ourselves that not everyone's progress is the same. And there's always somebody out there that thinks you did an awesome, great job. You know, like, like mm -hmm. my mom is my biggest fan. <laughs> yeah. Even, even, even if I create something so mundane or so, like it's so tiny or it's not even anything that's up to par. But my mom will go like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is perfect. This is immaculate. I'm going to show it off to all my friends right now. <laughs> and she just, you know, she just kind of like, she just puts it out there. And I'm like, oh gosh, mom, <laughs> you're yeah. embarrassing me. But it's also really cute, you know. <laughs> yeah, my having your mom's validation. It's, it's great. It's just the best, yeah. So like when you have people or friends that support you like that, I think... I think that would help a lot as well. And even even if someone does not, it's just, you know, just remind yourself that you don't you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be perfect because not everybody has the same definition of perfect. You know what I mean? It's such a yeah. such a subjective word. It's such a <laughs> subjective perspective. Yeah. And it's like it's hard to get genuine support from people because they might not want to hurt your feelings. So if I was like to somebody, oh, what do you think of um, this? And they're like, oh, I like it. But I know in the back of their heads, like they definitely want to tell me more. They just don't want to say it to my face, mm -hmm. which I feel like, especially if you're going into like a professional industry, you have to, even if it's personal or non-personal, you have to really consider the feedback and critique and then work upon it. Um, so it's hard for that genuine support 
Um, so that's why everything that I give critique on or feedback on, if it's personal or non-personal, um, I always try my best to, if I have feedback, then speak upon it. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, if they're my friends or family, I'm going to give them genuine support and I want them to succeed as much as they can. Therefore, I'll, I want to help them build upon that. And like for, for people who just don't want to hurt other people's feelings and give good feedback, feedback is really important. It just depends on the person, how they're going to take in that feedback. You know what I mean? I feel like it's hard sometimes to get feedback. It depends on like who you ask, right? Because mm-hmm. some people will just feel like, oh, it's nice. It's so good. Like you did amazing. Don't even worry about it. And like, it's nice to hear that, but you also in the back of your head, you're like, I know there's issues with this and I know you're not telling me everything that there is. So like the feedback from people who actually like take the time to go through and like, it's like constructive, right? So it's like, hey, you did good with this, but you also could improve here. Like that is so much more valuable. And I feel like tying back to imposter syndrome, that helps me way more than just the, oh, you did great. You did great. Cause in the back of my head, I'm like, you're lying. But if you say yeah. you did this good and you could also improve in this section. It's like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. That's something I can work on to become better, which also helps me feel more like a designer and that I'm improving and that that sense of my own personal value just increases a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And even gaining feedback for your own feedback too. Like it's so important to work upon your own feedback and critique in order to like improve other people's work and also your own work as well. And also as like designers, you have to um, just kind of figure out how to not take things personally, because realistically, this is the real world. We're potentially wanting to have jobs in these fields. So, you know, you're going to have clients and like developers uh, that you're going to be working with and they're going to give you critiques. You're going to have to implement those right away. And yeah, like what Nafisa said earlier, something about like our creative process. That's one thing that always scared me about going into a job is like what is their process or do I have my own individual process of like tackling a design problem uh yeah that's like something I wanted to point out yeah everywhere's different right so like depends Mm -hmm. on where you work some places are more design centric really care about it have their own design flows and stuff and then other places are just like okay design make a couple wireframes prototype it that's it yeah yeah just just you do you (laughs) You do, yeah. you do not come to me with anything else. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. just, I, like, they, they probably don't care how you do it. They just want it done, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what I just, like, kind of realize is when you work with new people, there's going to be ones who really act as a leader or, like, one is going to be more of a follower, which is, like, always okay because sometimes you can be intimidated or you just know exactly what you want and what the user wants so you just act upon it so as you work on a team it's always a different process that's what I definitely figured out during school as well (laughs) absolutely and maybe backtracking a little bit I also feel like um, not giving critique or being too nice and even though they have areas that you do want to say that they could improve in like just holding that back could be detrimental to somebody's skill Mm -hmm. because you know it's like if they want to improve, they need to know which area that they could and not knowing or not having it pointed out, it, it could have them just stay stagnant in one, pretty much in one place. And I don't think anybody wants to hit that plateau, right? Yeah. So 
it's definitely important to give your friends, family, peers, colleagues, feedback and critique whenever you can. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because you want them to excel in many categories. Why mm-hmm. keep them in one? Secluded in one. Poster syndrome, man. <laughs> yeah, I have like certain friends that I'll reach out to for feedback. I'm like, I know you're brutally honest. I know if I ask you to look over this, you're going to rip it apart and I'm going to be super happy about it. Those are people you definitely need. Yeah. Like just bless, bless blunt people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like sometimes, sometimes I'll be like to my friends, I'm like, please be honest, please just like rip me a new one. Like I want you to. Yeah. I need it. Um, Honestly, we could probably incorporate a roast session for our design process. <laughs> <laughs> we can literally do like a reaction to our early designs and be like, oh, what? What is this? Oh my god, I would cringe. Like, I will actually cringe if I look back into my old, like, project. Yo, my old portfolio, I've redone my portfolio in the last year at least seven times. A big new update and I've moved the platform three different times because I'm never happy with it. And every time I look at my old work, I'm like, that's disgusting. I can't believe I ever did that. Sim, what were you thinking? It's just, ah. Yeah, man. Portfolios of... (laughs) Portfolios are just, gosh, it's a, it's a pain in the, it's a pain in the tush. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, same, I've re, I redone mine so many times and it's also a chore just to like update it because there's so many things that you do. And, and when you, once you upload it, you just, you just, you still think like, okay, why did I put that up? I'm taking it down right now. <laughs> I'm taking yeah. It down. Why did I upload this garbage, this hot piece of trash? <laughs> up on my website for everybody to see <laughs> it's all in the open for the public why why is that there mm-hmm. oh my god yeah um i've changed my portfolio twice i don't update it unless it's for a mark which is only for one class and it's because i don't want to work on it until i have like concrete experience and opportunities within uf because mm-hmm. my only work comes from school yeah, if I'm gonna try to look for other opportunities, I need a portfolio for them to look at. And yeah, okay, I one, I don't want to pay for a website, mm-hmm. even though you have to. Two, I'm so obsessed with making everything look perfect that I know I'm never gonna be complacent with my portfolio. And just three, um, my current portfolio is on medium.com, just so I could just like have my stuff on there, put it in as a mark. I pay like seven bucks a month. And also Medium's like a good website to be updated with stuff in your field. Mm-hmm. Always great articles on there. And also put your name out if you're into writing and case studies and stuff. But yeah, honestly, I really need to work on my portfolio. It's um, <laughs> putting it off. It's another thing that scares me. Same. I mean, just, just imagine working on your portfolio while you have imposter syndrome. Like you could have 200 projects and you're like, yep. None of it makes the cut. <laughs> All of them. None of them. It's only introduction into who I am. <laughs> that's it. Um, that's it. No, nothing else. No project. The best. Right. The best project on my portfolio is nothing. Just the empty <laughs> page. It's better yeah. having nothing than anything at all. <laughs> at least that's my thought process. But at the same time, I just know that I have to put even my smallest projects up there because, like I said, it may not be good to yourself. But when other people view it, they're going to think it's the greatest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With our design thinking one class last year, I got like 100% 
on this term project mm-hmm. and our client approached us with a problem and our team is like okay so basically all they have to do is this this and this to fix their problem but as we dwelled into the project more understanding the users implementing it prototyping it and then presenting it in front of the client and like four or five other clients plus our class plus our professor mm-hmm. I thought our presentation did well and I mean our mark was 100% it was just we tackled the problem thinking this is how you fixed it but when we presented it with the final conclusions the answer was completely different than our initial thoughts Mm-hmm. so it's like it's such a battle within yourself they really like this even though at the beginning we were like this is the answer to your, all your problems just put it out there <laughs> but to present it and be like no this is our answer sorry we changed it in the middle of the process but this is how you're actually gonna help your users blah 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 it definitely gave me some struggle even though I got 100% on it I still think about it. I'm like, wow, an answer or like a design solution can always change. Even if you like already implemented it, a design solution can always change. Those presentations were, I wouldn't say rough, but it was super interesting because we just kind of got launched into a client project on our first class (laughs) right away. So it's kind of because you're like, I have no experience. This is my first day in this program. And you're yeah. a client project, which is good because you're you've thrown into the design process right away and you start learning like off the bat. But also in your head, you're like, am I qualified to do this? You're bringing an actual person in front of me with an actual problem. Like, you think I can help them with my two days of yeah. experience? <laughs> yeah. And now with this semester, we have like three clients, basically. Yeah, that's uh, going to be interesting for us to tackle, especially... Because like time management is going to be so important because mm-hmm. when you're on campus, it's one thing. It's easy to meet up with your group and start working. But remotely, it's just like a whole different game. Like everyone's For got their sure. crazy schedules. You can't just talk after class anymore. It's just For another- sure. Oh my gosh. And, you know, it's, it's definitely much easier to bounce ideas in person because then mm-hmm. you can see like the reactions and, you know, what people can come up with. I think, uh, um, yeah, another difficulty I am facing is that like for one of our projects, I have actually never visited the city that we're basing it on. And so uh, to focus on that main city, it's just, you know, it's kind of difficult for me to kind of emphasize and get a glimpse of it because I've never set foot in there. However, the project is solely focused on boosting the economy of the city. So it's, it's one thing, you know, I'm, it's definitely, an obstacle that I want, I definitely want to try to overcome as an international student and see like how I can work on that. But boy, is it, is it giving me a total design block? It's, you know, when you're not in person to view everything that's going on or to view the issues and things like that, it's just, okay, wow, I feel really stuck in my little bubble and I'm not sure how to tackle this issue right now. So, and so at this moment, I'm just kind of, uh, I, I am depending on my teammates, but at the same time, I want to contribute as much as I can. So hopefully, I mean, I'll see how I can steer myself through that and hopefully it works for the best. And yeah, I definitely imagine my first, uh, I'm sorry, I can definitely remember my first uh, UX design thinking project and our prof said that, oh, you will be working with a client. We're just like, okay, sir, I mean, we just hatched out of the egg, but sure. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess. 
I only know one content and I guess I'll just apply <laughs> I'm just kidding about that but you know it was, it was a, I mean it was actually such a cool experience like to work with a real life client and then to be even to you know able to communicate with them in like a professional setting I would say like that definitely made me nervous but just talking to them it's it's like wow so this is how it's going to be in real life like and it was it was just really enjoyable it was really a great experience but um at the same time we were lost we were like okay what what do they want exactly what yeah what tools are we supposed to use again <laughs> so do we use journey maps or affinity maps like what do we do what do we do do they do they and sometimes for for our project actually our client was a little vague so it was it was kind of hard to work on that project. However, like I, I'd say we did really well. We got uh, 94 on it. Uh, but you know that little mark we lost at the end of the day, we found out that our client's feedback was that oh, we thought um, you guys could. Uh, it was something to do with the orientation of it and to apply it on a different interface. But at first, we were just given that oh, we are going to work on the point of sale system interface. So yeah, that was that was like a bit of a misunderstanding there and it would have like it probably would have helped us a lot if we if we were told that from the beginning instead of the end once we're getting our feedback yeah miscommunication is oh my god it can literally turn up a turn a project upside down yeah it's like you miss something it's over it's over exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah but the whole city thing especially because you're an international student yeah for sure it's really hard but yeah like just doing teamwork in person is way more effective and plus what I noticed for my zoom meetings they're usually like they're never max two hours it's usually two hours or less um where in person you can literally like sit there for four hours if you want you can sit there do the teamwork and then after the teamwork is kind of done for that meeting you can work on other work and then there's also going to be other people because we have the same classes as them Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, what is this essay about blah, 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 what do you talk about it? I'm hoping because since we have a smaller program, I'm hoping that it's in person next year, but also it's safer for us to be at home. Yeah, I just hope they start using your tuition for Twitch game chairs. <laughs> yeah, let's start, and a, let's start that. And a whole PC setup, man. <laughs> yeah, we got some non-Mac lovers in our program, that's for sure. I am one of them. <laughs> Are you? I just yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I I don't I don't hate it, but it's not something I started out with. So I just find you know PC and Windows just you know that's that's like the OG for me. That's what I was yeah. birthed to. I was just birthed to use those. You know. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Honestly, we all have like, our opinions. Yeah, we do. We do. I know. I know. Some people are like, ew, she likes Windows. <laughs> 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 never heard of you like oh <laughs> yeah they say they say oh to be nice but in their back of their mind it's just ew oh. ew you peasant and no it's honestly it? yeah what about it honestly it's it's fine like not everybody one can afford a mac mm -hmm. two you just probably like windows better like honestly that is fine i never understood like the beef people have with like Apple versus Android products, like yeah. with the whole Snapchat 
quality. I'm like, uh, okay, actually, I will, I will, much. I will beat people with Android versus iPhone, but you guys can't beef with me with Windows versus. <laughs> oh, so you have an iPhone? Yeah, I do. Okay. Oh, okay. Android. That makes sense. So much shit. <laughs> Every time I Snapchat, my friends be like, "Just stop! Like, don't even, don't even send me a picture of your face. I don't care." <laughs> the video is lagging. They're trying to show me like their food. It's, it's still in one frame. <laughs> <laughs> struggling to get to the next frame <laughs> and like their emojis and stuff doesn't translate well onto the iphone oh my or god like, those little oh. squares i get yeah i have to i have to download the emoji picture for my android buddies and send it to them <laughs> oh, oh my god download, just download a png of my of my iphone <laughs> emoji and i just send it to them because it doesn't even show up on their phone <laughs> Man, one time, like, uh, my I asked my roommate to like go into my room and find something for me. Send me a picture of it. He's like, okay, sends me a picture of it. It's so small. And then he's like, five minutes later, he's like, oh wait, let me send you a better picture. And then he sends me a better picture. It's like, what? Androids have like crazy, crazy settings. I I don't even know. I look at like Androids and I'm like, how how do you accommodate that? I'll be honest, Androids are much more customizable and. Even though I probably would beef people with iPhone and Android, sometimes I do look at an Android phone and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, this is actually pretty good. This is actually really, yeah. really good. My little sister uses an Android and God, the pictures it takes at night is phenomenal. Like it actually shows up much better than an iPhone. It, it's so clear and it's crazy. Like every new iPhone drop, they always talk about how good the camera quality is. But honestly, personally i don't see no difference and it's not like i take professional pictures all the time like my camera roll is just like screenshots memes reaction pictures <laughs> and then like three photos of myself oh my like, god i never open my camera that's why everyone loves it so much it's just so easy to use. it's beautiful the experience is just you can't really compare it to android i feel like that's the one that's why it's so popular because it's just it's so clean and it's so aesthetic and it's so the user experience is great yeah it's simple because um i used to have a mac too not a mac i'm sorry i used to have a windows laptop when i was younger and to find pictures was way easier because if you click on one picture in a file you could press next to go to the next picture well, on a Mac, it just pops up with that one photo. I can't click the next button to go to the next photo, which was like kind of my thing. Definitely some interface work needs to happen. Yeah. I guess if you get so used to like a certain interface and then you switch to another one, it's just like, it's going against like your mental models, right? You're just like, um, yeah. what? Yeah. It's like my, my mindset is always like Windows because I was, I grew up with Windows, but now it's like, I'm, I've owned a Mac for eight years, I think. I'm still trying to get used to it sometimes. I just started using Mac like last year Same. because it was kind of a requirement for the course. And it's a little frustrating, but uh, but the funny thing is it's only frustrating because it's so simple. I'm used to yeah. a more 
I'm used to a more busy interface and navigating through that. So that's that's something I'm used to and that's how I can navigate really quick. But with a Mac, it's so simple. I just can't figure out the easiest task. And one thing I I did notice between the two interfaces is that most people, they, they prefer like one over the other based on their practical usage of it. So, you know, I, I, I feel like while like the iPhone aesthetics are really nice, they have a typical demographic for it, you know? For people mm-hmm. who don't really want to do much with it i guess besides yeah. you know like visuals and photography and things like that while with an android it's a lot to do with practical usage of it and you know it's i mean if i like in my honest opinion i could probably say that an android is definitely okay i might be wrong in this but i do think it's a little more powerful than an iphone os i, I, mean, I hear about that a lot like that's what i think like even though I, I, I could say a lot of, uh, I could beef with Android, but at the same time, you know, it's like, there's respect for it. I, it, it, it serves its purpose. Yeah. Like the new Samsungs are really nice. Like you, you can flip it. You can have two screens, two monitors, basically. It's like the tablet. Shout out to them. Also, I realized we kind of went off topic with the imposter syndrome. <laughs> That's true. Right. We did. Oh my gosh. Whoops. Whoops. Sorry. All right. Any... Any last words before we conclude this episode? Maybe just to the people listening, you're not alone with imposter syndrome. There's a lot of us, especially if you're in the design community. So make sure to be your own cheerleader every once in a while. My last words would be, um, sorry for beefing with (laughs) iPhone versus Android. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm sorry. Like, uh, I'm totally biased (laughs) and my bad guys, but... Yeah, just don't take it too hard. It's just it's just a chill convo, and it's just a product. It's just a product. It's it's, it's literally it's literally a social construct. It literally <laughs> is like don't don't think too much into it. Don't think think deep into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their preferences. Yeah, literally. All right. Well, that concludes our second episode of Decode Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and hopefully, we didn't give you a life crisis and thinking you may have imposter syndrome um decode podcast has a lot of big things coming up we're in the process of figuring it out so be sure to keep tuning in as we post bi-weekly to keep yourself updated follow us on instagram at decode podcast with an underscore at the end and a special thank you to our team Chantel, shannon hannah and fishal um before we say goodbye for this episode our next episode, we will have our very first special guest. Uh, really exciting stuff, so be sure to tune in. Until next time, see you soon, users. Bye! Bye! Bye. <laughs>